and it's uh, just want to honor uh, the house here and all that God is doing uh, in and through this ministry. Um, you guys are changing the world one life at a time. And uh, even in this season of focusing on missions, I just want to encourage you, really, our whole life is to be mission. You know, sometimes we, um, I'm so grateful that there are those like yourselves and many others that support missionaries, you know, which we fall into that category. Um, but the truth of it is that we're all missionaries. We're all to live our life on mission for Christ, right? There's a calling, there's a mission, there's a purpose that God has given to each one of us. There's a ministry that he's put in each one of us. And no matter where you're at and what that looks like, just understand that God is with you and for you. And you have the victory already. And God is in, is, is, says that of the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And I just have some good news for you that the spirit of God in you is establishing the very promises of God in and through your life. And he's taking you from glory to glory and strength to strength. We, we may not be where we want to be, but we sure ain't where we used to be, right? Come, <laughs> Come on, on now. On. Hallelujah. He's made a promise. He's made a covenant to perfect the very work that he's begun in each one of us. And there's a place of rest and there's a place of confidence and there's a place of boldness that we can step into knowing that it's the Lord that's building this house, this house, you, you are the house of God. Church is not just a, a one, uh, a once a week gathering, <laughs> you know, despite popular belief, <laughs> a church is a people. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God lives and dwells within you. Hallelujah. And if God is with you, come on now, who can be against you? God's taking territory wherever you go. Did you know, and I'm going to have my wife share this for a second, that wherever the soles of your feet should tread, he's given you that land. It belongs to the Lord. You've been taking territory, and you haven't even realized it. Just by showing up, things change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to have my wife share. Um, as you know, it's missions month. And I want you to share whatever's on your heart in that. And then I'm going to jump into the word. Uh, let me just pray. Father, I thank you so much for um, what you're doing in our hearts as the body of Christ. Thank you for your faithfulness to us and towards us. You are equipping us. You are maturing us. You are uh, pruning us so that we can bear more fruit. We're so grateful and thankful for your ministry towards us, Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We entrust this service into your hands and any and everything we're going to say. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead, honey. Amen. Amen. God is good. So I just want to um, thank all of you because of the heart for missions here. You guys have supported the work that we've done at Eastern Michigan University with college students for over a decade. And you have just been behind us and encouraged us. I'm so thankful um, for your pastor and just the ways that we've been able to continue linking. Some churches you have some relationship with, but they're like over there. And then other churches you get to be more connected to. And I'm thankful that we're connected with you in that special way. 
Um, so I just wanted to share a couple things, and that is, um, as many of you know, there was a shooting at Michigan State University and a tragedy that took place there. And I just want to honor what the Lord is doing. Um, there is an Eastern Michigan alumnus, Jesse Still, who felt a call to go to Lansing. Uh, his wife uh, was studying um, medical She's a doctor now, whatever that all is. She did that whole wonderful thing. And she's a doctor, and she serves in, in Lansing. But he started a house of prayer uh, in, in Lansing. And um, where the shooter was was just down the street from where their house of prayer was, and they were all called to do a lockdown and all sorts of things. Um, but they've been praying for that city. They've been praying for college students. One of the gals that used to work with me at Eastern Michigan, Kate Williams, uh, felt a call to go to Michigan State and work with international students there. They have over 8,000 international students at Michigan State. Her and another alumni have been serving with international students. And God has, like, set teams there. We're not the only ones, but that's some of the fruit, right, of ministry at Eastern that now is blessing a community that's been in need. And they said there's so much awareness of students who, like, are lost and in need, and the, and the people of God have been rising up and serving and caring for the people there. And I just wanted to honor the Lord and thank God. You know, it's through labor and continuous ministry that you're able to send people beyond where you are. And God puts them in the places that he needs people for the needs that are going on. And so I just honor the Lord for that. Um, and, and, and really our heart at Eastern and, and with what Daniel and I, you know, Daniel has a ministry called Awaken. I've served with Chi Alpha for 17 years. <laughs> um, and, and the heart is how do we bring Jesus in and see transformation? Because transformation doesn't just happen, but it happens through the lives of people. And it's as we're intentional to see the spaces around us. And so how can we tell our students um, the plan that God has for them and encourage them forward in the way that God wants to use them? And just yesterday, it was so interesting. I was at this pause conference, and there was a lady, and, you know, it was so burdened for her. And I was like, Lord, what do you want to do in her life? And I just felt like I was supposed to pray for her. But she had been in ministry. She was been in the business world for, like, 20 years, and then God called her to step out. And right before COVID, she finished her credentialing process, stepped in to be a, a pastor on a staff team. And she ran that for, like, two years, and then she felt like she was supposed to leave that and go back to business. She's like, why did I do all that, Lord? And then she kind of felt lost, you know, because she'd been in one space, and then she was in another space, and all these other things. And God's been, been challenging and, and speaking to us about the, the need that what we lay in the foundation of our hearts is, you know, sometimes in our cultures and our systems of following Jesus, we sometimes can create an unhealthy dependency on man instead of a great dependency on God. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes it's like, get to church because you need a word from the Lord. But the truth is the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and he's the one that teaches us and leads us and guides us into truth. So God surrounds us with counsel. He surrounds us with the body of Christ to encourage our faith. But ultimately, who is it? It's the Lord who perfects our faith. He's the one that authors our faith. And in, and in, in 1 John chapter 2, it says that the, the anointing upon you, John was speaking to the body of Christ. He wasn't speaking to the leaders of a certain church, but he, over the people of God, he said, the anointing upon you, it's real. It's not counterfeit. The anointing upon you, say upon me, <laughs> it's real. It's not a, it's not a, like a, like we like to use the phrase, God doesn't give out the junior, uh, 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 junior Holy Spirit. Like when you come into the kingdom and God is with you, you get all of him. His fullness dwells inside of you, even as his fullness dwelt in Christ. And his fullness is in you. And that, that anointing is real. And sometimes because we don't have a title, we don't realize we have an anointing. And sometimes we like to think because, you know, sometimes my greatest frustration, I love this, I mean, some of the God honoring missionaries, but some of my greatest frustration is I go to different places and people are like, oh, we're so thankful that you're doing the work of the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, we're all called. 
It's not just a few, right? We're all in my heart with students is that they would know the call of God. Most of them aren't going to go into some missional field and some ministry field. They're going to go back into the workplace. They're going to go back to their homes. They're going to get jobs. And they're going to be there 40 hours a week with people that they're day in and day out living life. And they need to know the spirit of God is in them. And the spaces that they're going, the spirit of God has a work to do in them and through them. That just as my husband said, everywhere we walk, the presence of God goes with us because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and he does dwell inside of us. And man, I just, I just like had this burden. I prayed for this lady, and I just like, the Lord wants to remind you. He's anointed you. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you have a title of a staff person or whether you have a title of being a businesswoman in the corporate world. The anointing of God is upon you. And in fact, I believe he's broadened your territory because he's, you he's put you in front of the spaces of people who don't know the hope of Jesus. But you have gone into that space, and the presence of God is with you, and his spirit wants to encourage the people around you. And so in my few little moments here, I just wanted to pray. I just, I just have, I've been doing, I don't know, it's been this weird thing, it's been a good thing, but where I've been finding myself is I just want to pray for God to awaken the reality that his spirit is in us and that we are bearers of his presence and that where we go, he wants to use us, that he would open our eyes. You know, it's interesting when Jesus was just walking through a town, Zacchaeus desperately wanted to see him. He gets up into a sycamore tree and it's so interesting. It's like, here's Jesus walking and all of a sudden he like, his attention is diverted to this guy in the tree and he, he pauses all the ministry that he's doing to attend to the one. And isn't it interesting? It's like he was teaching us how to follow the Holy Spirit, even as he was following his father and the things that he was doing. And there are people around us that the Holy Spirit wants to say, pay attention. Look at, they're, 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 they're hungry. Look at, they've been hanging around you for a reason. They're not just attracted to your personality. Even some people that you're like, why are they hanging with me? Like, <laughs> Get away. But there's something of drawing, you know? You could just be like, ah. But reckon, what is God doing through those connections? Because people desperately need, the world is lost and in need of a savior. And he's given us the hope of the world. So if you want to receive it, you just put your hands up. I just want to pray. Father, I thank you for each and every one here. And I thank you that the anointing upon our lives, it's real. It's not counterfeit. I thank you we didn't get a junior Holy Spirit, but the fullness of God dwells in our hearts. I thank you, Lord, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And wherever we walk, wherever our feet go, wherever you take us, whether it's at home, whether it's in our neighborhood, whether it's in the grocery store, whether it's at our jobs, whether it's at our our extended family's homes, wherever it is that you take us, I thank you that you are with us. And I thank you that we get to be those that disseminate the peace of God, the presence of God, the joy of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, the encouragement of the Lord. And I pray over each one, just a greater awareness in every moment of the day that you are with us, God. We are not alone. And I thank you that you want to do a work not only in us, but through us. And I pray great boldness. It says the people of God are bold like a lion. And I pray that boldness over each and every one in this church, in Jesus' name. Boldness to hear and to respond to what you're saying and doing in and through them, in them and to the people around them, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that you would do that work even at Eastern Michigan University as, as you've called us to care for these young people who are, who, are, who are looking for where they're going and what they have to do. God, even in that space, that you would raise up young men and women to understand the call of God, that it's not about a title or a position, but it's about being the people of God with the places that you take us. And I thank you for it, Lord, and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> yes and amen. You know, we didn't even uh, coordinate. She just, she's just flowing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, I, I do this every single time, Pastor. I, I stop and I just need to just say, God, what are you doing? I got my notes. I got my plan. But I just, you can have your notes and you can have your plan. But what you really need to be in touch with what is what is God doing in the moment. And I just want to live a life yielded, you know, whatever the plan is. Holy Spirit, how do you want to move? And I'm learning to pause. I'm learning to slow down a little bit and say, and just wait on the Lord. So just bear with me for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, there's just a couple of things that I feel stirred to, to share, and I want to read this passage. Um, and then if it's okay, just in, in a moment of ministry, it would be, be all right for Sarah to be on the keys for a moment as we get into the prayer time. Thank you, Lord. You know, all ministry really is, all, when we talk about missions, we're talking about doing ministry, right? And all that ministry really is, is love. That's all that it really is. It's learning how to love people the way God loves people. It's learning how to see people the way God sees people. We can have all of our, you know, all these opinions of, of certain individuals, but do you see them as the Father sees them? Do you see them as the children of God that they are, the royalty that they are? The Bible teaches us whatever we do to the least of these, we've done unto him. They've done this study even in, um, in business and in teaching. And I, I, there's this interesting world called the um, Pygmalion effect. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's this concept of actually believing in people. And they found that as teachers, if they, they, they did this study where if you would tell the, peop, the teachers that these students were just late bloomers, the teachers would actually respond to them differently and work with them, and all of them began to excel. And I think about in my life, the people that have made the most impact in my life, they, honestly, they didn't have a, a title after their name of pastor. It was regular people that just took me in, literally took me into their home when I was homeless. Became a father to me when I was fatherless, right? Became a family to me when I was all alone and I didn't have nobody. And it was just people that just believed in me. They saw something in me. They believed in me even more than I believed in myself. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in life, somebody to come alongside you in such a way and, and see your potential and see what was possible in and through you and maybe where you've given up on you. They didn't. And sometimes it would hit your ear funny when they would tell you you could do certain things and you could achieve certain things because it was so counter 
the culture of the time where everybody would say, hey, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. And just not to get into my whole testimony, but I was incarcerated 16 times and <laughs> as an adolescent. 13 different schools by 11th grade, and I was actually hospitalized 13 different times in different psychiatric wards dealing with depression and medic depression and went to seven dual diagnosis rehabilitation facilities. And as a statistic, as, as a convicted felon, as a young black male, I fell into a category, you hear what I'm saying, where I was, you know, um, labeled. You know, many of my friends, they didn't make it out of the system. But there were believers, there were men and women of God that saw me the way the Father saw me. And that when even my own family didn't want anything to do with me, they did everything they could. And God blessed them. You know, it was years later where I realized my mom did the hardest thing she needed to do. She had to cut ties. I just was, you know, after years and years and years of inpatient, outpatient, all this stuff, she was just worn out and she was losing it herself. She needed just to take step back and take a break for herself. But I didn't understand that. I just felt abandoned. And it just reinforced my life doesn't matter. It reinforced that I would be better off gone and dead. You hear? But there was people, there was brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. I went to a church and they began to pray for me. Some of them took me into their home. They walked with me. They helped me get a job. They helped me get on my feet. You know? They don't have any titles. They were just regular church people that loved, that saw something that other people didn't see. Do you know that's real ministry? That's real ministry. My life has changed because people, God touched people, and they were a representation of Jesus to me. You know? And in that, my learning stage, I began to learn, grow in my relationship with God, and I love the, the, the scripture that my wife gave because that, that scripture actually says that you don't need anybody to teach you. <laughs> that the, the Holy Spirit will teach you and teaches you all things. And what does it say? And it says that even as, as, as it has taught you, abide in him. There's something about living and dwelling in Christ. There's something about realizing that you are in Christ. You are a new creation. He does have you. You have become a partaker of his divine nature through these precious promises. That You get to start where he said it's finished. And that as the Father sees you, he doesn't just see you and all of your failures. And your, he sees Christ. You're clothed in righteousness. There's something that fundamentally changes when you begin to believe that you are who he says you are. That you can do what he says you can do. That you have what he says you have. What do you have? You ever just wondered, what, what, what did you inherit? Just a gift to go to heaven? Praise God for that. But you've actually inherited every promise. Do you know that? Every promise, yes and amen. You are more powerful than what you realize. It said, these signs shall follow those that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. <laughs> They'll cast out devils. 
You ever just go look for a devil to cast it out? <laughs> you ever just go look for some sick people to heal them in Jesus' name? And people don't like the language of, you know, it's the Lord that heals. But let me just remind you, Jesus said to them, you heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils freely. You have received, now you freely give. Silver and gold I have not, but what I, what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Hallelujah. We were doing a healing service a little while ago. And I was just teaching people that they, what they already have, that they're powerful, you know, that they can lay hands on the sick and they can pray the prayer of faith, you know. If you pray the prayer of faith, right, these signs shall follow those that believe. Well, if you're a believer, hey, you're qualified. <laughs> so this one woman prays for this person in a wheelchair, Pastor Joe Sazak's church. The next day, they get out of the wheelchair. They start coming to the church, and they started serving at the church. Uh, uh, it was snowing at that time, and they would shovel the walkway. They were so grateful how God healed them. I didn't pray for them. You know, it wasn't, it was everyday people. That's all of us. It's not in a title. It's in the name of Jesus. And a lot of us, we don't fully recognize how powerful we are in him. All of you are giant killers. I just have some good news for you. There's not a stronghold out there bigger than your God. There's not a stronghold out there. There's not a principality out there. There's not a problem out there bigger than Jesus, bigger than the God who's in you and with you and walks with you and perfects you and calls you his own. Hallelujah. That should make you a bit aggressive. <laughs> you know, some of us need to just say enough is enough, devil. Get out of here. You know. We're waiting for God to cast out the devil when he said, hey, look, I gave you the power. Cast it out. You even see this with Moses. He says, why do you cry to me after, he got, after they were all delivered and they were hemmed up at the water? He starts praying. He does the right thing. Turns to God. And God rebukes him. <laughs> Somebody was talking about the significance of rebuke. And I'm like, look, I love rebuke. I love correction. You know why? I don't know if you've ever worked. I'm not good with computers. But if you ever try to work on a computer, you don't know what you're doing and you make it worse. And then you have somebody that knows what they're doing. And the first thing they say is don't do that. That's the self-destruct button. Don't press that. You just almost destroyed your whole thing. You know what? Am I offended that they corrected me? No. I, I'm like, thank you. Here's some money. <laughs> You just saved me $2,000, right? You hear what I'm saying? It's the scripture says, if you rebuke a righteous man, he's going to love you. Why? Because God wants to prune us so we can bear more fruit. And God rebukes Moses. And he says, why do you cry to me? He says, stretch forth your staff, your rod. He had given him everything that he needed. Do you understand? You have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness right here, right now. Not in some distant future. It's a living reality right now. And part of the renewing of the mind is for you be to begin to believe that you really have what he says you have. You've had it the whole time. The whole time. Come on now. We're just waking up to the truth of that our salvation isn't just a ticket into heaven. It's a transformed life. 
It's out of darkness into light. Uh, they got the 12 steps. I've been part of that. Praise God for all of that. Hallelujah. But there's a one step out of darkness into light in Jesus. God can do in one moment what years of psychiatrists, therapists, doctors. Lord, do you understand? That there's these moments where if you can step in faith. I still remember when they prayed for me. I was going through all this stuff. And I came to the front of the church. They prayed for me. And I shared this testimony before. But I'll say it again. Just regular people. No titles. They just came up and they had compassion. They prayed for me. My life has changed. By the grace of God, I've seen now thousands of people come to Christ. By the grace of God, I've been able to travel the world. My mom still doesn't know how I afford any of it. I just tell her, Jesus takes care of us. She's like, you don't have a real job, Daniel. <laughs> She's still baffled, you know. But I got these stories of God just, pe strangers, here you go. They didn't even know. You didn't have nothing. Here you go, Daniel. God providing all along the way. You know, consider the birds, right? The air, the sparrows. Hallelujah. They neither toil nor spin, but your Father in heaven clothes with all of these. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything will be added unto you. That's not just a cliche. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking at my time. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right, we're getting, getting there. <laughs> We got an inside joke. I can go for hours. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just want to emphasize the point. Hallelujah. That you're not lacking anything. I want to emphasize the point that you are not lacking anything. If God is for you. Come on now. The Bible even says this, it says, let the weak say I'm strong. So if you feel like maybe I don't have, I'm not smart enough, I'm not wise enough, I don't have enough of this, oh, you the most qualified. You know why? Because your trust isn't in yourself, your trust is in the Lord. Now let the weak say I'm strong. Hallelujah. Let the poor say I'm rich. You know? That's the truth. It's actually the interesting part of, you know, the discipleship of the Holy Spirit is that he'll bring you, he'll allow you to go through seasons of crushing. What I mean by that is he'll allow you to go through seasons where you realize you can't, but he can. But something happens when you make that shift from trusting in yourself, your money, your job, your things, your... To begin to trust in the Lord, all of a sudden God begins to show up supernaturally, you know, and it's in every area of our lives, just as we understand that by grace, through faith, that we're saved, not by anything we've done, but by what he's done, right, at least any man should boast, we're learning that our whole Christian walk is like that, it was never us, it was always him, he's the author, the perfecter the finisher of our faith. You're just where you need to be. God's molding you, shaping you, forming you. And he's not through. He's taking you from glory to glory. And you have a ministry and he's causing it to bloom. And it's going to look different from one person to another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
but I just want to say this. All, real, all ministry really is is learning how to love, how to love people the way that he loves them. The Bible teaches that, you know, sometimes you can get, let me just say this with the last little bit of time that we have. Sometimes you can get weary in well-doing. Everybody wants to celebrate missions and ministry, but let me just have some real talk with you. <laughs> there are some challenging times in ministry. What I mean by that is that sometimes God will call you to love people that are broken. I still remember taking a team of, of, of people out. We were praying. You would be so impressed how, how spiritual we were, Pastor. We were praying. We were fasting. We were saying, okay, God, send us the broken. Send us the one nobody else wants. We didn't realize there's a reason why nobody else wants them. <laughs> I was one of them, so I had a little bit of grace and compassion. You know, God, he's been forgiven much, loves much, right? You know? Some of our greatest failures and disappointments actually qualify us to have supernatural grace for others. You hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't he redemptive? He might just allow you to be stuck in addictions for a while and set you free just so you can help other people out. Not that he had that for you, but that he used it anyway. And now you have a supernatural grace and love and compassion for those struggling with addictions. That's part of my testimony. But I remember we were praying, and then we decided to go out, and I was taking them out. We were doing outside church down at Liberty Plaza because I had some friends, and I just said, look, I'm tired of talking. Let's get to work. Let, what's God put on your heart to do in this season? You know, I know we all have one day when we have a million dollars, you know, we'll change the world. But right now, what is God saying right now? And one person said, I want to do outside church. And I said, okay. Another person said, I want to do... Um, I want to feed the hungry. I said, all right, we, we're starting Saturday. <laughs> they said, okay, praise God. <laughs> so we showed up down at Liberty Plaza, and at the time, there was, that's where everybody gathered to drink and to panhandle and to sell drugs and just to hang out. And I said, we're going to start church right here. And we started feeding people, and we started, we had like a little sound system. We made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You don't need, you need a shoestring budget. You can go ahead and start a whole church outside. And we started feeding people, and man, we had some wild times. We had people, I still remember going to a Bible study. One of the guys, he got out of, he got out of prison. He had been shot over nine times. Man, he was a rough-looking guy. We went, as he wants to take me to, uh, to do a Bible study. I said, let's go do it. We go into his house. The window's broken out. There's blood all over the wall, and everybody, it's a drug house. And, and it, just, it was just filled with all, all kinds of aromas of stuff. <laughs> And he says, we're going to do a bleepity bleep Bible study. I'll save you the words that he shared. We have children here. <laughs> and he says, but if you want, he says, don't interrupt us. But if you want to join us, you can. And like nobody, everybody was scared. <laughs> but we went and we had a good little, one guy came in. We had a good little Bible study. And I said, and he had a bandage on his head. I said, what happened? He said, oh, some guy stabbed me in the head last night. We got into a tussle. I threw him out of the second story window. And, you know, that's just life, you know. Don't you want to do ministry? <laughs> and I remember we took these people out. 
And I'm not saying you have to go to the darkest place, but something happens when you realize greater is he that's in you. Come on. Sometimes you just want to go right where the enemy is and say, not on my watch. You know, I'm telling you, faith will give you an attitude sometimes. David had it, right? Who is this? Who is this guy to defy the armies of the living God? The Lord will deliver him. He wasn't even a soldier. He just had, he was a worshiper who knew his God. He knew God was with him. You know God was with you? Got some good news. God's with you. He took out the giant. And then we went up out there, and I, it was so funny. It wasn't funny, but it was kind of comical because we had just been praying, God, send us the broken. So I said, hey, I know some broken people. Let's go. And they went out there, this, this church, when, when they got brave, and they came with me to an outreach. <laughs> and we're like there. And this poor young girl, she was praying the most. And she, I introduced her to my friend, and she started to try to minister. Man, he laid into her. Who do you think you are trying to tell me this? Her heart was just trying to help him. And I was trying to explain. I had to sit as an intermediary trying to just figure out how to do it. And I just, I was just trying to tell her that this is how you learn how to do ministry. We've had people rob us. We have people steal from us, people that we've let into our homes, people that we gave our vehicle to, people that just robbed us, took everything from us, sat with us, you know. And God's saying, you're called to love this one. You know, there's missionaries right now overseas. They, they're going into these villages. I know of one. They went into this village. The person, they killed the pastor, mutilated him, terrible thing. And the church came back and they said, we're the church that forgives and loves. If you take one of us, you got a hundred more coming and we're going to love you. Come on now. God is wanting to mature us and to prune us so we can bear more fruit. He's teaching us how to love. Sometimes it's hard enough just to drive without getting upset. You hear? And yet the father is saying, I'm going to send people to you but they're not going to have it all together. There's many churches that aren't really ready for the move of God because people are going to come in that are very broken. And the question is, are you going to have the grace to walk with them, to love them right where they are? Even if it takes a couple years before, you know, they come out of the fog. Are you willing to be a father to the fatherless? All real ministry is love, learning how to love. Love like the Father loves. And what encourages me, and I believe what encourages us in this, and I learned this, and if you're able to go up on the keys real quick, is having a revelation of the Father's love for us. It's hard to give away something that you haven't fully received or understood. If you don't, the number one thing that equips us to love like Jesus loves is actually knowing his love for you. I want to read this, and I want to pray. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. This is in uh, Ephesians 3. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And it goes on to say, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. The Bible teaches us that we love God because he first loved us. The passion and the zeal and the grace to walk with broken people. Even the grace to look at the person in the mirror and say, I'm going to be kind to you today. Some of us need to, needs to start here. It's hard to give away something you've never received. Some of us need to repent and change the way we've been talking about ourselves. Thinking about ourselves. You can't afford, we can't afford to have a thought about ourselves that God doesn't have. That's been part of the healing. It's changing the mantra in our, at least in my head, from all the negative voices that have spoken a false identity. And to begin to realize, I am the beloved of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While I was at my worst, while you were at your worst, God sent his best. You are the treasure of God. You are the beloved of God. You were worth going to hell and back for. You were worth the sufferings that Jesus suffered when they tore out his beard. When they pierced his hands and his feet. And his side. When they put that crown upon his head. Of thorns. When they lashed him 39 times. You were worth it. While we were his enemy. While we were against God. That's when he sent his best. To say, I see the treasure in the midst of the trash. I see who you really are. You're my beloved. You're worth dying for. And he gladly laid down his life. While the world was torturing him in their ignorance. While the world and the very people he came to save. Murdering him. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. With great compassion and passion, he laid down his life for you, for me, for us. I believe that God in this moment wants the revelation of his love just to sink in. If you would just take a moment. Just begin to receive the love of the Father. There is a revival that was going on just a few moments ago, just at Asbury. 
you watch the message that they preach, you know what the message they preach? They were talking about love. And then he began to talk about the fact that it's pretty hard to give away something you've never received. And people started coming forward just to receive the love of the Father. And God started healing them. All the places of rejection and brokenness. God, I believe he's healing our hearts. He's restoring us so that we could be vessels that would restore the broken. Just begin to receive. You know, the, God is always pouring out. It's not just a one and done. It says that the Holy Spirit is pouring out the love of the Father into our hearts. It's a continual outpouring. Hallelujah. To live in the reality that everything you've experienced in life, everything that you're going through right now, God is making it work together for your good. God is divinely orchestrating through his redemptive grace and power, even the very things the enemy meant to hurt you and to break you. You were worth it. This is the fuel that fuels mission. It's love. That we would be compelled with this love. And I want to encourage you, even this morning, in the same way the Holy Spirit is teaching us, abide in Him. Abide in His love for you. Because it's out of this place that ministry happens then it's not a program, it's a relationship. It's not a, an event, it's a lifestyle where you actually care about your brothers and your sisters and that man on the street because you begin to see them the way the father sees them. You said, that's my brother, that's my sister, that's a son or a daughter, that's my family. Father, I just thank you. I thank you right now for healing to happen right now in the name of Jesus all over this room. I pray, Father, that a true revelation of your love, that even as Paul prayed, that they would know what is the breadth and the depth and the length of the love of God, that they would be filled with the fullness, that they would be rooted and grounded in your love. That out of this place of encounter, out of this place of knowing that they are the beloved, that they are complete, that they are hidden in Christ in a new creation, that they get to start where he said it's finished, that all things have been made new, that they are the true sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. That out of this place of living as the favored of the Lord. Hallelujah. The beloved of the Lord. That you would expand their ministry. Even now, I believe that God is expanding ministry all over, expanding love in our hearts. Not just towards ourselves, not just towards our family, but towards the lost and the broken. 
I pray that this would be a season of incredible testimonies of forgiveness, of grace, and of ministry and missions. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just want to give a last invitation if there are those that would like prayer for anything. We're going to be down there enjoying food and fellowship, but we would love just to stand in faith with you. We're believing already breakthrough for you. But if God's stirring something in your heart, we love just to pray for you and encourage you in the Lord. And we thank you, Father, for all that you've done and that you're doing this morning. It's an honor to be with you this morning. God bless you and thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to share.